if you don't have them, you're not going to miss much because I'm going to deviate from the notes quite a bit. Um, you can maybe read the notes later. It'll. I'm just going to angle in a different way, but I am going to refer to them later. Um, some of this I covered yesterday, but this will be uh, allow us to get into some uh, more deep subject matter. My wife said, um, when I kind of went over a little bit of what I was going to talk about, she said, I'm worried you're going to get too deep for them. And I said, baby, I'm going to jump in the deep end. So <laughs> um, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll start. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will strengthen us, Lord, with the way you created the world. Give us your scripture as your guide and insight and in how we are to rightly uh, be husbands and fathers and serve you and serve others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, I'm going to pick up where we left off. Has, was anybody not here yesterday? I just want to know. Okay. Um, don't worry. You're going you're to catch up quick. Um, time has a beginning and an ending. You can think about it on a horizontal axis. And this is taught in the Bible. It's taught in Genesis chapter 2. We talked about this. And just to kind of build on the, what we've been doing, there's the first and there's a final. The man is the first. The feminine is the final. And what I'm going to call this <clears throat> is the archetypes of time. Because something begins and then something receives. Something, and you think about it and all of life is kind of structured this way. But when you start thinking in this paradigm... It really helps put a lot of pieces together, and it's going to put even marriages together, uh, the function of male and female, and we're going to get to that soon. So let me start building on the roadblock, and this can keep going down, down, down if the board was long enough. First, there's final. There's formed. The man was formed. She is built. He started outside the garden. That's where his, he originated. And then she started inside the garden. There's a type of finality to even her beginning. Kind of an ironic thing. He's an initiator. He has to give of himself for her to be built. And she's a responder. Um, when God brings her back to the man, he is basically demonstrating she is going to respond to what you do. She's going to respond, and hopefully, Lord willing, she responds with her glory, okay, if she likes it. Um, giver, receiver. He is built, or he's formed, I'm sorry, with strength. He's a foundation. She, is, she has sensitivity. I want to get to more details on this soon. There's a talker, and then there's a listener. There's a teacher, there's a class. There's a benefactor, someone who's doing, there's someone a beneficiary, someone receiving. There's a pastor preaching, and there's a congregation. There's one reason why the paradigm of of uh, if you have a woman preacher or a woman doing this, talking to a congregation, you have a lesbian relationship being symbolized there. Okay, you you um, so this is the deep structure of humanity, um, and you have the sun up here, but this is the that's the vertical axis. Uh, this is the horizontal axis of time. And now, let me sh share with you this: there are false religions, pagan religions, that have observed this. And they say, oh, yeah, uh, the yin and the yang fit together like this, okay? That's just a simple observation that they're doing on creation, and they make up a superstitious religion, and they have, you know, Eastern religions are filled with this kind of Buddhism or, or yin and the yang, you know, this complementary, how it all fits together. Um, but what I'm sharing, sharing with you is why they observe that. Why does people look at creation and deduce stupid religions like that well god did this god originated everything god's doing this in the garden of eden he is <clears throat> he's structuring reality this way and without the bible they don't worship the true and living god they worship a false god and they make up other so they build on but the point is this is where you can appreciate observations that pa that pa pagan will make or non-christians will make or scientists will study something and say, hey, this is how it works, this is how it functions. And the scientist may not be a believer or not, 
but they're making a good observation, but you can use the Bible to say that's the origination of your observation. And so whenever I refer to people today, and they use labels and terms, like I would call them sexual scientists, they study sexuality, they study how male and female function, they're going to put labels on things, and I'm like, yeah, that's a good observation of how the man and the woman work together, what she does, what he does, how it's supposed to fit. It's a good observation. But I want to say, guy, this didn't come from evolution, like you're arguing. It came from God's structure of reality. It came from how everything is designed in the universe and how it functions. So this is why the value, I believe, in Genesis chapter 2 helps to uh, you know, win people over to the true and living worldview. And so, moving on, on with this, is there's a, a lady who's a feminist. Uh, she's not a Christian, but she said this. I think if I pronounce her name rightly, it's Kamayo Paglia. And she said this, a, a woman simply is. A man must become. And what she says is basically this. She's observing the world. A woman, what she's saying is a woman must simply be and a man must become. And what she is getting at, and I haven't read much of her at all, I just like that quote, and a lot of people pick up on her and say, yeah, and they, and they play with it. But this is kind of, this is what's happening here. A man is the originator. He's becoming something. He's doing something. And, and she is basically this. She is the recipient. Now, this functions with everybody in some form or fashion. This is why it's an archetype, not an only type, meaning this. Sometimes, okay, the woman is, is the cooker. She's cooking. Sometimes she initiates things. Sometimes she will give something. Well, the man is over here receiving. Receiving. He's in the feminine category of being the receptor, okay? So, but, so they all share in giving and receiving, this kind of aspect of it. There's a way in which you are on the feminine side of the equation whenever you're the class. When you're the teacher, you're on the masculine side of the equation, whoever it is. But there's a archetype of the, the primary role of the feminine, the primary role of the masculine. Uh, so, is that clear? I was going to, uh, I don't want to confuse y'all, okay? Uh, that's where I'm getting at. That's why I call it archetypes, because it's, it depends on who's doing it, but there's a main, there's a, there's a main primary function of, of, of the male and female. Go ahead. Inevitably, everybody will. Everybody's going to share in this paradigm. Somebody's going to be the, a giver. Like right now in our conversation, we're playing ping pong. I talk, you talk. I talk, you talk. And so there's this, if I'm receiving, I'm listening to you. I'm the, on the feminine side of the equation. If you're giving, you're on the masculine side. Now I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm on the masculine side of the equation, and you're, you're receiving it. That paradigm is what you see in Genesis. There is this male-female archetype in the sense that he is giving, she's receiving. Let's take from him and give to her. He's a benefactor, she's a beneficiary. And so it's inevitable that there's going to be this, there's, there's going to be this exchange of, of duty or responsibility in any kind of context. It's just that on uh, the, the standard, the, the main function of the female nature, she's wired in this direction. The man is wired in this direction primarily. That's why I think these qualifications of primary, majority, most of the time, general rule of thumb, that's, that's helpful. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah. As a congregation, you gather together uh, as a church. And the bride, so the men are in the receiving end of the equation here. Um, right, exactly. Any other questions to clarify before I move on? You have a confused look on your face. Are you, you, you wondering? Or you, yeah. I, you're, I, 
If I see a confused look, look, I want to... Okay. You know, it was like, what? You know, I was like, I'll, I'll answer the question. I'm not afraid of questions, honestly. And if you disagree, and even if you disagree, and, it, and even if you disagree, I'm not afraid of that too, just because uh, you know, we're all learning here, okay? Uh, it's called the school of faith. Um, Um, wisdom would say depends on depends on the situation. Book Book of Proverbs is going to say, "Do I answer the fool or do I not answer the fool?" So wisdom calls for context. Where are you, where are you here? Do you need to be the listener, or do you, do you need to be the initiator? The initiator, uh, all these things like that. Let me give another little paradigm, I guess, to explain where I'm I'm getting explaining this. Uh, uh, if you bottleneck, bottleneck something up here and you want to divide it up and, and sprinkle it down, you know, it's, and that's kind of what's going on here is that uh, time, every, everything time has a beginning and ending, you know, with talking and receiving. So you have to have the wisdom to know, you know what, this guy is gifted in this area. Uh, this guy can bench 300 pounds, and I'm going to learn from him on how to work out and become like him. Okay. This guy is uh, gifted in history, and so I'm going to listen you know, this is where the body of Christ comes in and says, you know, all these people have different gifts and we're going to glue them together and the hands are going to work with the foot and all these other things. Um, so I, this is not to, you know, to say that you always have to initiate or something like that. What I'm trying to say is that you need to understand that there's a, we're, we're going to play the role somewhere. But in the in marriage relationship, there needs, it needs to be a predominance of one doing the other. And I'll put it this way. Uh, if if uh, a woman is always going to be, she's always going to want to respond. Uh, she wants to, you know, approve what you have done and look at it. She wants to say yes, you know. And um, if she doesn't like it, she's going to say no. Uh, she's going to close her heart up, whatever. The, the, and the man is primarily going to be the initiator, the leader, the driver. So I didn't want to cookie-cut everything and say that um, I don't want to simply, you can't, you can't just simply say the man's only going to do all this stuff right here. This is just not accurate because there's going to be a par- there's going to be patterns where you're actually on the receiving end of something. Does that answer your question or does it make it more confusing? Because uh, I, th- I thank you for the question because it helps me explain this a little bit better. Um, any other questions before we move on? Nathan? Yeah. Yeah. Where does it be? Yeah. What, what you're getting at and you're sniffing at is where we're going in the fourth lecture. There is this circle of love. Where he gives, she gives. He gives, she gives. And you see this in Genesis in a nutshell. And then Satan stops it. And the same thing with uh, the garden. Uh, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 4, I think, um, she starts saying, come into my garden. And my garden is yours. My garden is yours. And then he comes in and says, I love my garden. I love my garden. And you're like, oh, whose garden is it? It's kind of the nature of love where they're giving so much <laughs> uh, that you don't know whose garden it is. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, because it's given and given and given. And that's kind of the reflection of the Holy Trinity. Um, so that, that may, that, that's, it's the nature of love, basically. This, this, is, this is love. This is agape. Uh, two people coming together, basically. Two, and, and if you use the paradigm of time, it helps to kind of put a handle on this. Okay, I'm using a macro viewpoint here. I'm going to get to the, some practical stuff pretty quick. Any more questions? Uh, um, go to your, go to your um, notes. I'm going to sh- share with you. This may help answer the question that came up earlier about gifts and stuff. Concerning, look at the first page, the matrix of gifts and time. The man has the gift of strength. And here's some virtues, some strength virtues. That in, let me stop right here. We're all in different stages of life. You may be 80 years old or 18 years old. At 18 years old, you're strong, you're able, you've got the future ahead of you, but you may have no money. 
at 80 years old, you got your money, but man, you know, you don't have the strong strength or energy. So at, at every stage of life, this is going to vary. And men and women had their different strengths and weaknesses at different stages of life, and they had their different attractions to one another. Um, so let me just get to this. Strength virtues. A man will have some physical, more physical strength. And we all have different degrees of these kind of strengths over uh, more so, more or less than others. A man, a strength virtue is leadership strength, emotional strength, meaning she can cry a lot, but not you. Um, attractive strength. And what I mean by that is romantic, sexual, meaning this. A woman is a judge. She looks, or the feminine, the feminine side of the equation looks and says, oh, I don't want to go out with that guy, or looks and says, I like that guy. You know, it's just she, uh, whoever, or you may be on this side of the equation. You say, man, that's a pretty girl. I want to ask her out. Or, no, I don't want to ask her out. So you're, you're, you're making an observation. You're responding to the, to, the, to the scene. And this is just, you know, and some people have more attractive strength. Some people have less attractive strength. This is concerning the male perspective. Financial strength. Some men have more financial strength than others. Relational strength, meaning can you talk to people? Can you interact? Uh, do you have social skills? Uh, judicial strength, make a decision and and live with the consequences or deal with the problem, move on. I can't make a decision, indecisive. Have, have you ever heard anybody like that? I, I don't know what to do. You know, uh, something like that, if if you live like that, you're, you're lacking in judicial masculine strength to make a decision uh, and follow through. Self-awareness strength, meaning I'm aware of myself. I, I, I don't want to, you know, offend this person, that person. I'm self-aware. People have different levels of self-awareness strength. Men do, especially. Uh, fighting strength. If somebody comes in to your family you, uh, to, to hurt them, you want to kill them. You want to you know, defend your family. Girls need that safety. They look for, oh, I, can, I feel safe with his physical strength. So these are realities of the world that, that God is dealing with in the masculine level. Risk-taking strength. You go into a business. You borrow money. And you're like, man, i got to go and do this and provide for my family. Uh, a lot of that's a strength of of masculinity to initiate, uh, to cut down a tree and build a house and clear a path and you know bulldoze through. Initiating strength, strength of friends. Y'all have that here. Uh, strength of of men around you. If you're by yourself and isolated, then you're you know you don't have the strength of a thousand men. And so there's this is just different aspects of masculine strength. Now, in your notes. Um, Satan's goal is always to make something out of balance or out of bounds. Here's some uh, vices of strength if it goes out of, ba- out of balance. Number one, oblivious. Men, they're risk takers. That's good. But you know what? He may not see danger. <laughs> I'm a risk taker. I want to go out there. But, oh, no, he doesn't see the danger and he fell into a pit or whatever. Um, he, he may not care. A, risk, a man's like, man, I don't care what people think. I'm going to do what i got to do. You know, and He's overt. Uh, but that not caring attitude, that, you know, conquer the world, alpha male kind of thing, he, he may be stepping on toes and, and, and he may be burning bridges left and right and he becomes a moron because he is oblivious to, to what he's doing. That's a tipping of the scales of masculine strength. A man also may, uh, may be, he may, he may not also be oblivious, but he may be obvious. You know, um, if a man does this, uh, you know, I mean, you, you saw, you, everybody saw you look at that person like that, and sometimes men are very overt. You know, we, we communicate overtly, and sometimes our actions are so obvious, it can be seen, and sometimes we'll make a fool of ourselves. And so uh, we have overt communications, we have overt intentions. Um, now, also, another imbalance is, uh, you know, lone wolf. Um, I am, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to be a man. And then that, might, that, that imbalance may gravitate to isolationism or individualism where you're, you're, you're so cut off where you actually don't have a matrix of friends and you know, allies and associates to, to advance forward with, with your tribe, with your troops. Um, so no general ever won a war by himself. He had to have troops under him or with him and, and fighting with him. So these are where the strengths of men are there, but then they can, they can sink the boat, man, if you tip the boat too far to one way or another. Femininity is kind of similar, but a different, a different aspect. She has a gift of what I would call sensitivity. Um, 
for this. Look, her virtue is this. She's sensitive for glorification. She's sensitive of, of feelings. Um, she can feel, um, she, she can look at you and just, and just feel, you know, if you're manly or not. She can look, just women have that feeling issue all the time. Uh, sensitivity of decoration. A woman will look at here and maybe critique the color and wonder, why didn't you put flowers up there? Uh, what, what, what's wrong with, the, why didn't you put a, you know, something like that, you know? A, a woman will come in here and maybe say, yeah, a man built this, you know, something like that. Um, that's, you know, houses, stuff like that. Uh, a woman, she's sensitive of beauty. She's sensitive of words. She's sensitive of tone. You know, you can say something, but, man, if you say it in the wrong way, you just trigger every single thing she feels, and she's defensive, and and all of a sudden, it's not about what you said. It's about how you said it, and you angled in wrong. And what is she doing to your words? She's she's responding. She's giving you a verdict. Her response is a judgment. Her response is is either approval or disapproval, and and she's that, that's the the final judgment coming into reality. It's the final judgment coming into your family, into your life on a day in and day out basis, because you said it that way, you know, or something like that, or you said the wrong words. Um, okay, she's sensitive of social context, like I've been talking about. She's sensitive of listening. Really? What'd you say? What'd you, did you hear what they said? You know, things like that. Uh, a sensitive of appearance, like we said. You know, aesthetics, man, we can dress up like we want and everything like this. And a woman's like, that's, that's, that's just horrible. That doesn't fit. Um, you know, or whatever, or you don't look good in that, or, ugh. you know, I mean, you will be, you may be teaching or preaching, and if, and if, if you're wearing a, you know, if I'm wearing a tank top up here, you know, with shorts, you know, my, uh, and you, you guys can forgive it and say, okay, whatever, man, that's cool. Um, but, but a woman, a woman is going to just look at that the whole time and throw up, you know, mentally and emotionally and, so, and just say, that's not masculine or whatever. So, so she's responding to that. She's sensitive. Here's where, here's where her sensitivities tip the boat for her. Number one, she's weak. She is weaker physically, um, and she is emotionally weak. She needs to lean on someone. She's always looking for strength. Uh, she's going to be indecisive. What do I do? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, you know, a lot of times, that's not. this is a rule of thumb, not always, but it's going to be her tendency. Uh, she's going to need leadership. She's going to need an initiator, a giver, a stronger, a talker, a a teacher, a benefactor, a pastor, a, an outside-the-garden man who is formed, who is the first, and who is becoming. Okay? She is um, she's like the electrical socket on the wall wanting to be plugged in. I mean, this, this, is, this is her function. She's just there waiting, you know, to be uh, somebody to initiate. Okay, so that's, that's her weakness there. Her, and also another weakness that um, a sensitivity will will give her is worry. She will have anxiety more so. Um, I really believe women will be more anxious than men because of this weakness. She'll have low risk tolerance. Uh, some women can, you know, obviously, go out there, and, but, 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 but that's when they're, they're taking more of a masculine role. But mo- most women, are, are, a man can take some risk. A woman is, cannot take that much risk as a man. Then there's going to be over-concern for nurture and provision is it all safe? Is it all secure? And all these things like this. And sometimes if you're too safety-oriented, you know, you'll never leave the house. Uh, you'll never, you know, go out there and do something worth their risk. So this is where the balance comes in with masculinity and femininity. Um, she, she, if, you, if you're over-concerned for safety, over-concerned, you're going to prevent maturity. You're going to prevent growth. You're not going to have something to struggle with or because, oh, i got to protect, i got to protect. And then the child grows up, and he's, he's never had to wrestle, never had to fight, never had to, you know, deal with something. And because all the, you know, anyway, because sometimes mother may, mother hen may just simply keep the kid in the incubator. And the the, chi- the father is like, hey, we got to get out there and got to do something, son. Um, okay. So I'm hoping to help you see why God made the world the way it is, a structure of reality, is that, masculinity, male, the man, primarily has gifts to give her. And she primarily has gifts to give him. And God is, is, is structuring reality like this to, to glue it together. You see this typologically as well in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and 2. For example, in your handout, letter C. Look at the, it says there's, okay, there's balance here. 
there's sensitivity and strain. What happened on day three? The land comes up and the sensitivity of the grass, grain, and fruit grow on the land. What's the theme of that? Foundation and growth. On day six, God formed the man out of the ground. He built the woman on top of her, which is just like the day three where the land comes up and he builds some, he grows some plants on top of the ground. That's a theme of foundation and glory. You see this in reality. All women, when they're young, if they just naturally live like a girl, they're going to have long hair. Men, they're going to have short hair. You don't grow hair like a woman. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 11. Uh, there's a reality to the world as to why women just naturally have long flowing hair. She's the Her hair symbolizes that she's the grass on the ground. The grass on the ground is hair on the ground. God, it's a glory covering on the ground. When God brings the woman to the man, there's a glory covering over this dirt bag man, over the dirt, okay, over Adam. Also, the symbol of this is masculine voice. A man can be loud, deep voice like this, and he has a deeper voice. A woman has a higher pitch voice. And this is it. And, you know, he talks, she talks, I can't even do it. You know, only, only a woman really is gifted with that high-pitched voice. And when you hear a feminine man or a, a homosexual or something like that trying to talk with a high-pitched voice, you know, it's just, you're like, man, you, you sound strange, man. And a lot of this, all the voice pitch is uh, environmental. What I mean is you, you copy voice, you listen to voice. English is environment. You, you learn how to speak through your, through your, you know, your environment. Um, your parents handed it down to you. And so um, that's all symbol, symbols here, okay, of, of the balance of, of strength and sensitivity. Now, let me get to, I think you are with me, let me get to some real practical and real, I would say, personal applications of all this. Number one, and go to the, the, the second page of your handout, and that is um, Jesus said this. In the book of Acts, they quote Jesus. It's more blessed to do what? Give than to receive. Now think about this. Why? I'll tell you a little quick story. An old man told me, he was about 80 years old, and he had money you know, later in his life. I didn't know this when I was younger. I'll tell you what, I'm telling you, it's a true story. He told me this. It is, I'm happier giving. I love giving. Man, it makes me happy. And he's an old man doing this. And he said, that's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And blessedness is another word for happiness in a lot of contexts. The giver is always happier than the receiver. The giver is always going to appreciate more what he's given than the receiver. Why? I mean, how many men have ever had to study, had to work, had to sweat to do everything you do to bring it home? <laughs> You're like, and you, you, you win the deal, you make the trade, you hit the home run, you know, you make that investment. You're like, yeah, man, awesome. You call your guys and you're like, man, I conquered the world in that one, man. And, you, you know, so so I'm getting setting you up for what's called, what's, what I would call the challenge of masculinity. We're going to get to that later. But let me stop right there. This is why God is the happiest of all. He's giving, 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 giving. And the Trinity is given to one another. Trinity, giving, each person is given to one another. And it just, this is love circle just keeps going on. Now, Whenever we, now, let me say this. A woman is a giver. She's laboring to give birth. And, um, you know, she goes to the birth pains. And we receive, men receive fatherhood. We receive a baby. And, you know, and we're, and we're like, yeah. And you tell your wife, say, yeah, I know what it's like to be pregnant. And I know the pain of childbirth. And she's like, shut up. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's, and she can appreciate the gift of a child so much more than you. Because she went through the hell and the pain of childbirth. She paid the price. She worked for it in that sense. Birthed it and shed her blood and everything. And, and she can really appreciate the gift more than receiver. 
Now, this sets you up from a male perspective, from a male perspective, since y'all are all guys, of, of a challenge, what I want to call the, um, the challenge for men. Turn to page five, the challenges for men. And here's the challenge for men, is that whatever you do in life, whatever you give in life, to a large extent, you are going to appreciate it more than she will. Uh, she, if, if she is a receiver, a responder, your efforts and everything like this, you're going to appreciate it to a, a greater degree than she is. Because the law of God and nature is, it's always more blessed to give than to receive. And here's where the challenge in a sinful world, this stuff comes in, in marriages, is, let me give you an example. The, the, uh, you ever seen the Geico commercial? The Geico commercial is you have these crazy, stupid people doing things, and you just expect them to do what they do. So, you know, it's obvious. You just expect that to happen. So when you buy Geico uh, car insurance or whatever, uh, you save money. It's, it's what you do. It's what you do. You, you don't have to appreciate it. It's just what you expect. It's the Geico commercial. It's what you do. So when a man gives, a lot of times the feminine is thinking, it's a man. It's what he does. You're in the Geico commercial. Okay? And you go out there and work, and you sweat, and you do all this, and you're like, yes, I did all this. And you think, and you might expect your wife's appreciation level to equal yours, and uh, and she's and she says, you know, oh, okay, that's fine, good. I'm, I'm glad it worked out. You know, or she just and you're trying to get her to appreciate it. Uh, she can never grow her appreciation level for the things that she expects you to do that you're supposed to do because um, you're in the Geico commercial. Same thing with her. On the flip side, you walk in. And sometimes it's, well, you're a woman is what you do. That's kind of, as much as you say you appreciate it, like, you know, she may clean the kitchen and everything like this. She worked hard for it, and she appreciates it so much. And you do say, sweetheart, it looks beautiful. I love it. That's great. I'm glad you cleaned the kitchen. I thank you for supper. That's awesome, you know. And you're saying thank you. Um, the thing is, yeah, you, you may appreciate it to a certain extent, but who worked for it? Who gave it? Who initiated it? You see? She blood sacrificed and did all this, and, <laughs> and you're always trying to say, "Yes, I do appreciate it, baby. I know." You know, so, y'all with me on this? You understand? Okay. So the challenge is, is that uh, one challenge for men is, and this is this is one reason why she may you may do all this and do all this, and she may say, "You know what? There's more to do." Hey, I finished my job, and she comes in and says. Well, you're a man. It's what you do. And look, the road keeps going. How many of you ever have done something, worked at the house, did your job, and she kind of expected some more? She's the, she's the finality. She is the, the end time. She's, she's, she has eschatology. She's reminding you that you never made it. She's reminding you that, you know what, you, you haven't arrived yet. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's deeply wired in her femininity. Um, and it's frustrating for a man to be like, man, I did all this work, I accomplished, and either she doesn't appreciate it as much as I do, or she's like, man, she's always pointing more to do. You know, she, are you ever satisfied? You know, and and there's this, there's could there can be this dynamic of that, but I think it's helpful to 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 filter to explain this with the archetypes of time, and and why it functions that way. Um, she's always expecting you, number two, to arrive mentally, to arrive emotionally, meaning this. She expects you to just get it. Just get it. You ever heard that phrase? Okay. What I mean by that is this. Women have intuition. Women are thinking things. Women are feeling things. And she expects you to arrive all the time where she is, mentally, emotionally, and that you understand her. And she hates to explain to you what you should already know in her mind. 
you don't know that I feel this way? You should know. You know uh, and, she's tr- and if she has to bring you from point A to point Z, and she has to lead you all the way there, it's so frustrating for her. Because what does she have to do then? She has to start initiating. She has to start doing all this stuff. And she has to play the masculine role for you. And if a woman is married to a man who can't get it mentally or emotionally, and she's, all, she's just wishing that he would arrive in the garden. Because he he's always out the, outside the garden, wherever he is, and he doesn't get it. You know, <laughs> that, that is a lot of where I would say that she wants, she's asking, she's expecting you, because you know what? You're a man. It's what you do. You start out there, and you should arrive here. He, she expects you to, to get it. There's a good article on, in rationalmail.com called Just Get It. And it's this picture of this woman who is just link, looking at this man like with her silent and angry face, and the man's just like staring straight. And you can tell that she realizes he doesn't get it, you know. And she, anyway, so the challenge of masculinity, and a lot of it is to, is to arrive and meet her where she is um, without her telling you. And that's where the strength of social awareness, the strength of reading her, uh, and then if, if you arrive, then what does she do? She responds, he got me. He understands me. So that's that emotional arrival. I call it the, the mental and emotional finish line. You know, you're over here doing your thing, but every day she expects you to live at the finish line of her emotional being in, in, in the garden. Um, also, you need to, a man, here's a challenge for a man. Um, you know, the difference in, she says, I want this, 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 you know. And you're like, hmm. You know, okay, if you, if you only do what she wants, and 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 you're thinking, and then she gets like, you may think, no matter what I do, she, she's not happy, she's not, she's not, you know, I'm only doing what she wants. Yeah, because you're an idiot. Uh, she, you need to give her what she needs, and what she wants. Okay? And if you want to go from here to there with her, what she needs, you gotta originate, you have to initiate, you have to be strong enough and wise enough to know this is what she needs, and I need to initiate it. If you go to the woman and say, uh, what do you need? She will always lie to you. She can't tell you the truth. Uh, she, she is going to say what she wants. She lives in the bubble of finality right here. She can't initiate a need for herself. That comes from you. You're a man. It's what you do. Geico commercial. She lives in the Geico commercial. You, you get me? You have to say, you know what, this is what she needs. I need to initiate that future to her. I need to give that to her and bring her to that point and, and move her to that direction. I need to take the initiative. Um, and this is where she will be very, very frustrated if if the man doesn't doesn't break through and come through and, and rescue her with, oh, he gave me what I needed. Now, you think about the sliding scale of where of how that fits from an 18-year-old girl to an 80-year-old girl. Uh, she's always going to be, want to be with a man who, in the end, is vindicated for giving her what, what she needed. Okay, And that's the challenge for a man. Um, so here at the bottom part of page 5, I would say this. I'm going to read this to you. Number, uh, it's a, the, th- the two stars. She is the future. Number one, she, she expects to respond to your work, hopefully with glory and joy. She expects you to always arrive mentally and emotionally. She wants you to get it. She expects you to initiate her need, not just what she wants. Why? Because you're a man. It's what you do. Geico commercial. The future can be very painful to live with. Number one, if you expect her to always initiate, if you expect her to live in this category, in this zone always, it's going to be very painful to live with the future. Um, if you expect her to explain to you what you should already know in her eyes, it's going to be very painful to live with the future. If, if you only give her what she wants and not what she needs, she's going to get very angry because she's not responding to what? A man, she's responding to a child. If you don't break through and give her what she really needs in addition to what she wants sometimes, then she's going to be so sick of the fact that I'm, I'm married to 
a child who, who, who can't get off square one and arrive and break through and, and make it happen and give me what I need. I'm at the finish line. I need him to arrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and uh, in the spectrum of time. I need, I need him to become because I am over here at the being of the future, you know, and I need him to get here. Uh, so that's why she has this intuition. For example, we like to do one plus one plus one plus one plus one, and we add it all up. And we're like, yeah, we got all the stuff together. The the woman she skips over all that and says, "I've already, I've, I've, I added it all up. Where are you? you know, I see the conclusion. You don't get it. You don't. You have it. You know. So that's that's how she functions. She's in the future. Here's let me give you. Okay, that's kind. Of, this is kind of like the challenge. Let me give you a, a way in which on the archetype of time, a solution or a helpful tool you can use. And this, I got this word from a guy named, uh, I don't think he developed this word, but he made it popular, I think. His name is Rollo Tomasi, and he used the word amused mastery. It's in your handout. Amused mastery. Let me give you an illustration. If you are, have a five-year-old little kid, and the kid comes down and wants to tie your shoe, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're so, such a master of the shoe tying work, it's really amusing to look down at your child tying the shoe. Because you, you know the nature of tying the shoe. You know how it works, how it functions. And so when it works, when it plays out, you're going to be like, that's pretty, this is amusing to see it, to see it work and play out. Look at, she's tying my shoe. You know, well, the same thing whenever you look at a feminine nature especially on this perspective of time. When you see it play out, it, it can be very, if you just simply say, you know what, she's bringing in the future and she's pointing to me more work that needs to be done. She can't appreciate it as much as I do, all the work that I've done. It's pretty amusing to see the feminine come in here and point me to the future. It's pretty amusing to see how the feminine expects me to read her mind. It's pretty amusing for me to look at this and in my conversation with with his wife, she can't figure out what she needs and I'm going to listen to her and talk to her and help her point to where she needs. You need to first be humored, humored, amused by the feminine nature. And why I say that is because if you're amused first by it, then you will not be angered by it first. Exactly, because this is like a your your amusement, your personal amusement, is like a self-defensive category here, where you know you're watching her tie your shoe, so to speak. You know you're, you're watching her go through her routine. You know how she's going to work, you, you, cause, because you have mastered what she's going to do, and because you you know that when you come home, that your appreciation level is going to be higher than hers. You know that she's going to you know, be wanting to respond to what you do and everything. And so before you get angry at her and try to argue her into, you know, more appreciation, girl, uh, you know, something like that, then uh, use a amuse mastery. Okay, here's another application of this. It increases your patience. Uh, men tend to get angry if a woman lacks appreciation. Before you get angry, you should get, you should get amused. Okay, it'll help you grin and smile first when you're talking to a girl and or your, your your wife, and you're just going to have to get through it and watch it work it out. All right, it's, this is also this. This will help you focus on yourself. You don't want to focus on and judging her appreciation level or not. That's just really, uh, don't even worry about that. Uh, because this, you know what she really wants? She really wants to be just attracted to you. She really wants to respond with, I love that guy. I, I, I need that guy. He, he calms me. He secures me. She just wants to respond with, with that. And yes, there's a level of appreciation. But if you are going to sit here and, and, and um, try to require that, or you know, if you try to earn or require her appreciation, it's going to turn her off. If you make yourself more mature, if you make yourself more attractive, if you make yourself have all these gifts that we talked about, strength levels of, of intelligence, strength levels of 
physical strength, strength level, all these strengths, if you try to just improve that for that sake alone, to make yourself a better man, then she's going to respond more saying, man, look at that guy I'm with. He is just becoming, becoming, becoming more like God. Okay, this is Genesis chapter 2. We want to make man like God. Right? So don't, uh, this helps you focus on yourself, not really on her response. And lastly, I would say this too. This, if you do what I'm telling you, you're going to eventually, most likely, keep her desire for you. What do I mean by that? Number one, you cannot pay a woman to love you. You cannot pay a woman to say, I desire you. I want to, I want to love you like the Song of Solomon. You, money cannot buy that. And what, what, So what, sometimes men will try to earn okay, her, her love and desire by... Say, look, I've done all this. Uh, won't you respond with your desire? And you think, I'm writing a check, and I'm going to give it to you. And uh, don't you appreciate it? And you're going to pay for her, you know, glorious, awesome physical response and everything like this. And it may not, it may not show up. It, the thing is, you can't do it that way. It doesn't work that way. You know why? Because she doesn't want her desire to be forced. She doesn't want her desire... She wants her desire. She really wants her desire to be freely given. Um, if she's going to respond to a man, it's got to be free. Uh, it's got to be for for no reason, no coercion. Um, you just simply pursue your work. You improve your skills. You make more money. You mature in all areas. And she's like, I got a good man. And and he's doing this because he's a good man. He's not doing this because of me so to speak. Because if it's ever because of me, you know what it is? She's trying to force me to respond. If it's because of me, he's kind of like blaming me for everything that's going, going wrong. I mean, in the back of your mind, yeah, you want the benefits of your wife. You want her glory. But if, if she is the only reason you're doing this and you're orbiting around her, it's because of me, it's implicitly you're trying to, to force her or buy her affection, buy her desire, but if you're just like growing yourself more and more and more and more and you're becoming, becoming, and you're growing all the, in all these levels, um, she's going to start going, oh my goodness, I'm responding to the image of God. You know, a man who is growing more and more in the image of God. So uh, I think this is where, though there's a challenge with the future, on the axis of time, uh, you can use it to your advantage with amused mastery because you know how it's going to work. You're not going to change it. That's how she's wired. And just uh, and and then uh, you can um, imp- you can use it to your skill to improve yourself. Focus on yourself. And I'm going to say this as, as a, I'm going to pause right now and get to the next lecture soon. But I'm going to give you a question. If the woman is in the in the end of time. And she's always at the finality. How can she ever be happy? If she's always expecting more, in a sense, and you know, and then what's going to really keep her in check? Because if she has this greater glory of, of femininity, the final coming into history, then you know, it's how is the feminine ever going to be satisfied? And the answer is in the vertical axis. And I'll talk about that in the next session. I'll pause right now to answer any questions. Jonathan. Popular manifestation of that is the, is um, number one. There's a balance. Okay, if something gets out of balance, then it's going to the ship is going to tilt. Um, and then number two, the vertical axis is really going to explain this because right now, right now, in this time axis, the focus really is on trying to 
initiate toward her and give her something, reward her with something. So this is kind of the focus is on her already, on the time axis. Because you gotta, you gotta, she's waiting to respond to what you've done. The vertical axis is going to focus on the self, of the man who's the son in the solar system, the authority. I want to get to that very soon. Um, but uh, let me go ahead and say this: that uh, maybe I, I forgot what I was going to say. I'll remember and come back. Any other questions? Yes. They have glued themselves so close together. They. That's why I think it's very helpful for young men to try to have this type of paradigm and realize your what the the nature of of the female being the feminine, being the eschatological, being the future, and and she's waiting on you always to arrive. Any other questions? Um, okay, we'll dismiss for a few minutes and get to the next. Uh, lecture soon.